All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome y'all to another episode of the one and only Daily Dollar Short Podcast. It is your boy back in effect, Martin Dinesh, the one and only. And I'm here with my partner in crime, as usual. What it do, baby? So, man, it has been an eventful week. Yes, it has been. Uh, so it was my birthday this week. It was, uh, I, Wednesday. October 16th, I turned a whopping 33 years old. Still young, Ooh. still young. Whew. What I wouldn't give to go back 12 years. I mean, give me 10 years, I'm good. Nah, because see, 12 is pre-marriage, and yeah. So, Whoa, that's, okay. Yeah, so, but something did happen, so... Uh, I had no plans to celebrate my birthday, uh, really just because I didn't have any plans. Like, I had no intention. Like, my, my idea, uh, my kids are with their mom right now. Uh, they they did have their fall break, but logistically, it just didn't work out. Uh, partially, I'm kind of glad it didn't work out. Um, and here's why. So, I was on my way. I was actually going to pick up my dad from work, and I got into a car accident. Now, this was not your run-of-the-mill fender bender, like, oh, we bumped each other. Uh, so, I, I was driving a Ford Expedition. Uh, what year was it again? 2000. Mm-hmm. So, it was, it was old. But I uh, hadn't really had any issues with it. I mean, you know, you do work on it, you get it fixed, out and out. So, uh, the brakes had been giving some issues, but, you know, I was thinking maybe you got air in a line or something like that. I don't know. It wasn't. It was never anything major. And it was just like a logistics and money thing of, you know, getting it looked at and getting it taken care of. So uh, I just put brake fluid in it just to make sure, you know, the brake, the level looked a little low, put some brake fluid in it, just fill it up with gas, you know, put some like engine cleaner and stuff in there, you know, just to make it continue to run. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's what got me around. Yeah, yeah so, make, sure make sure it's good to run. Uh, I was on I-610 uh, on my way to pick my dad up and... The brakes went out. I can only imagine what was going through your mind when that happened. Well, I'll be glad to tell you. So, uh, I was I was exiting on the St. Bernard exit. And as I was exiting, I, I started decelerating on the interstate. Uh, so, I was still going like 40, 45 miles an hour. Which, you know, normally 40, 45 doesn't seem like a lot. It is still really fast, all things being put in perspective. Mm-hmm. So, I got off on the exit. I was decelerating. Then all of a sudden, my foot went right to the floor. And that's when, like, that oh shit moment kicked in. Because at that point in time, I was no longer decelerating. Like, I was actually... So, like, here's the thing. Your your car, when it's in drive, it's going. Like, it's revving. Right. So, if you're going 40, 45, and if you're going down, like, in a downward slope, which that's what the off-ramp is. It goes at a downward angle. You're still, start, going, you're still going fast. I, and I started picking up speed again. Mm-hmm, yeah, just... uh, especially with no no resistance. So, you know, I could in, in that moment, it was like, oh, shit. And I still had maybe, you know, a couple hundred feet before I got to the actual intersection. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a car in front of me at the, at the light. The light had just turned green. Thankfully. And the person was turning off, but they weren't turning very quickly. So I swerved to the right to avoid their truck, and thankfully the the light was green, so there was no traffic coming across no, uh, the lane. Yeah, right, exactly. So I swerved to the right, 
I jumped the curve, went over the median. And if you've ever gotten off on a St. Bernard exit, a 610, uh, underneath is where a lot of local residents go. Like, they congregate. They they got tables and chairs. Maybe they play cars, drink, have a good time, whatever. That's, mm-hmm. that's you know, that's our city. That's what we do. We congregate. Exactly. We get together. Right. So there were people out there. So my, my biggest concern was then in that moment, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. Like, you know, Lord willing... I don't want nobody's life on my hands. Correct. So when I swerved to the right, I jumped the median, jumped the curve, hit the median. I swerved back to the left into the pole. And so like for a lot of people, I know this would be a panic situation. I would panic for sure. You know, and it's one of those things like, so my dad was a first responder. Uh, So I grew up in a household uh, not necessarily grew up, but I spent a lot of time around my dad in, in like his, you know, uh, EMT paramedic, you know, position. And so, you know, you, you see things and you experience things. I, I attended like a nursing school for a little bit. You know, I grew up in a city. Like I know, like I remember as a kid, you know, hearing gunshots in the neighborhood. So, the only thing I really panic about at this point is my kids. So, yeah, and that's just yeah, what it is. Supposed to, yeah, that's your kids. So, you know, my, but like I said, my biggest concern in that moment was not hurting anyone else. Uh-huh. Because I know for me, I wouldn't have been able to live with that. Like, I, I, I never, I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want to cause anyone pain. And, you know, I just, I didn't want that to happen. And I didn't want that to be on my conscience. So, I, like I said, I swerved back to the left, and I went directly into the pole. Probably going a little bit faster than 40, 45 at that moment of time, because I just, I had nothing stopping me. I was just rolling. Full so, speed ahead. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, initially, I didn't think I blacked out. But mm-hmm. I, 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 I kind of, at this moment, I'm like, yeah, I blacked the fuck out. I mean, I'm, so I'm going to tell you this. My my the truck is completely totaled. Like the front end is gone. It was smoking like a mother. Oh man, I thought that bill was gonna blow up. Right, but then it didn't. I mean, I was I was trapped in there. They had to get the jaws of life to cut the door open to get me out. Mm-hmm. Uh shout out to NOPD and NOFD. Uh I'm looking forward to those bills. Uh <laughs> so oh yeah, shout out to the police officer that wrote me a ticket anyway. Cause do yeah. Give you a ticket. Yeah, they give oh, me a ticket. Oh come on, see that. He he came so so low key. I'm sitting there like. I'm, I'm he gave me a ticket, and the ticket was for reckless operation. He was like, I gotta give you a ticket for something. Wait what? Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> like wait what? You gotta give you a ticket? Like you have to? I mean. No, like, like, I got to give you a ticket for something. Why? Like, I wasn't reckless. If anything, I was not recklessly operating the vehicle at all. Now, if you would have hit somebody, then, okay. I'll, if I was I'll, drunk, I'll driving yes. like an idiot, any number of things, right. I would completely agree. Yeah, I got to ask somebody about that one. That's, that's he, he straight up said, I got to give you a ticket for something. Ticket what? For the, he said, like. A golden ticket? Like, he said, for the damage you caused. What damage? Your it's truck. A, it's a nine, say, <laughs> bro. It's a nine foot around concrete beam on the interstate. That real talk. Uh, we went back there to look at the spot because I just had to see it. That 
The bitch don't have a blemish on it. All we all we saw was the debris from your truck. That's all we saw. Like the the, the, the skin marks on the tire. That was it. You, That's you, it. You, you I didn't cause you dented the. Uh, I didn't the cause damage to anything. I did not. My truck in no way, shape, or form damaged the structural integrity of the bridge. You've wore this in the light. You. I didn't. Dam- anything. I, I didn't hit anything but myself. Right. <laughs> with the beam in my truck. Yeah. So for the cop to come in there. I am like in in physical anguish, and he's like, "This is not an admission of guilt, but I gotta give you a ticket for something." For what? For almost dying, Bruh. So shout out to NOP, y'all's moles for that one. But I will go to court, and I will tell him, "Look, dude, say he gotta give me a ticket for something because of the property I damaged, and I will have pictures of the property that I did no damage to except my own." There you go. So case thrown out. Word. Uh, but yeah, so I almost died, and that's the reality of it. Uh, I am, I'm not an advocate for many things. Like, there are a few things in life that I, I don't believe in. Uh, I don't like littering. I think that's tacky. Uh, there are literally thousands of trash cans everywhere. Your house, your job, you know, on, literally on the street is a trash can. You can pull into a parking lot and find a trash can. So littering bugs me. Uh, second, so then, like basically Ron Mardi Gras season, you can't stand it because you know men everybody Saint, on Saint Charles, I don't, Magazine look, Street, okay, Claiborne. So, basically, so, so real talk, I don't go to parades anymore. Yeah, that's because like they whack. It's dirty. People be pissing the street. There just be people there, and, and, and it's cold. So nah, another thing that gets on my nerves is people in large quantities because they're breathing. And see, that's a note for me right there. <laughs> and so, yeah, so, like, so parades or any type of large social gathering where I'm forced to interact with individuals I really don't know and don't care to know. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. one of them, I'm a stickler for, like, safety stuff. Like, being safe. Like, some people feel like it's unnecessary. Uh, I'm not going to point at nobody. But I believe in wearing my seatbelt. Okay, so there are times I wear my seatbelt. Now, you, you're right. For work, though, I do with my seatbelt. Could get rid of it for that. Right. But <laughs> do you know where... So, statistically speaking, this is an old-ass statistic, but it's been around for a really long time. Do you know where most accidents happen? Uh, Statistically speaking, it's, 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 it's statistic might be old. It might be outdated. Neighborhoods? Uh, Normally, within a mile of your home. Uh. So... That's partially right. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Like, it, it, statistically, at one point in time, it was said that most traffic accidents happen within a mile of where you live. Reason for that being, you become more relaxed, you're familiar with the neighborhood, da da da. Things gotcha. can happen. I mean, that makes sense. I'll say this, though. I am not, like I said, an advocate for much, hardly of anything. I, I personally believe in staying in my lane, myself, and people that matter to me. But uh, wear your motherfucking seatbelt. Because I'm going to tell you right now, uh, I say that the way I say it, because if I had not had my seatbelt on, I would have flew out of the vehicle and into the concrete support beam for IS-610. And I would have been literally a hot red mess. You would not be here today. I would not be here right now. So I I would be, and if I was here, uh, there would be pieces missing or It'd be like, hey, you know, he don't have $6 billion, so he's not going to be the $6 billion man. Absolutely. So, with that being said, uh, 
from someone who has lived through a harrowing car accident where I ran into something head on, seatbelts save lives. I am sore, but I am alive. I have a small neck abrasion. I got a beautiful bruise on my chest from where the seatbelt was, like bruised diaphragm. Knees a little sore, left arm's a little sore, but you know what? I'm alive. Nothing is broken. Nothing is damaged beyond, like, you know, severely injured or anything. Mm -hmm. Nothing is like that. So, but yeah, man, that was... That was an eye-opener. But I've had had two, what I would call, like, close calls in my life. This being the second one at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one was having, like, a heart heart attack at 27. Uh, And, like, both times, I, I always associate situations like this where something so drastic happens like and Marlon and I had a conversation similarly to where I'm about to go with this about uh religion and I'm not overly religious I, I I'm more I guess you could say spiritual than anything I I do believe in God I do have faith uh you know I, I do have those things but I'm not you know going to church Wednesday and Sunday I'm not you know Doing all the things I guess some people say good, you know, a good Christian would do. Go to Bible study. Yeah, like, nah, because see, I have a thing for fake people, or I don't have a thing for fake people. Like, I don't like them, actually. Mm -hmm. So if you're fake, it doesn't end well. Because I call you out on your hypocrisy. Yeah. So I find that there's a lot of fake people. And in most organizations, whether it's religious or social or whatever, but the hypocrisy in religious organizations always just baffles me. Because, you know, your 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 quote unquote Bible rule book, whatever you you read and or pray to about and believe, tells you a lot of things, and normally they go against it. For instance, there's videos out right there right now of quote unquote religious people, ministers, pastors, etc., doing some things they damn sure ain't got no business doing. <laughs> so, but we're not gonna talk about that. No, no need. We're good. Yeah. So I'm gonna just say that. You know, I'm not religious. I do believe in certain things. And I always feel like when an event like this happens, like when I had my heart attack, it was one of those situations where I needed to reevaluate where my life was going Mm -hmm. and who I was with and my associations. And, you know, I ended up getting a divorce. I ended up moving. I ended up, you know, and for me, it was so difficult because, you know, we had kids. And I love more, my kids more than anything on the face of this planet. Like, I don't care what nobody says. Like, you know, when I I grew up and there are very few things in this world I've ever wanted more than I wanted to be a father and a husband. And for me to feel like I lost all of that. But it saved my life at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you never lose being a father. You have kids. I have kids. I love my kids more than anything. But in that situation, you know, to feel like... For me, it felt like I lost that because my relationship ended. And it is what it is. And it was probably saving my life because, you know, I had a heart attack. You could have had another one. I could have had another one. You, stayed you know, there. it's like a sprained ankle. Once you get one, it'll happen again. So... Mm-hmm. I had to choose a lifestyle that reduced stress and I deal with stressful things. And, you know, it just happened to be divorce reduced the stress. <laughs> Woo-hoo! 
So, all jokes aside, though, I mean, it just, it, it ended up being a very toxic relationship, mm-hmm. and it ended up being not very good for my health, and it, it impacted my kids. And, like I said, they mean more to me than anything, and I would rather her and I not be together and provide my kids a better life than her and I be together. And we we just have this toxic relationship that doesn't do anything but negatively affect the kids because they, they, they'll, they'll probably see what on their they basis they and, and mommy and daddy are always like fighting they saw it and like, they'll probably just make things a whole lot like, worse I'll never forget one time when my son was like why do y'all always fight and they were young that's scary it is and so like for me I was like I would rather us not be together I would rather like cause real talk so when I had my heart attack I was in bed playing with my youngest son and literally, like, if you see it on the TV, you talk about people like their arm goes numb, their pain in their chest. Mm-hmm. Like, all of those things happened. And my, like I said earlier, my dad was a paramedic. He was a first responder. My stepmom was a nurse at Oshner. She worked in the emergency room, I believe. Uh, I have cousins and other family members who are medical professionals. I, I took some, I went to nursing school for a short period of time. You know, so I grew up around this medical profession. So, like, it was easy for me to identify it off the top. Like, oh, shit, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, I made one phone call to my stepmom, and I was like, yo, this is what's going on. I'm about to call 911, but I'm calling you first because you worked in the ER, you know. She was like, get off the phone with me, call 911. So, my ex took the kids by her mom. I called 911. They took me to the ER. Thankfully, caught in the time, low and everything good. Mm-hmm. I didn't need any major procedures. I didn't need like anything done with my heart. There was no damage. There was no long-term permanent issues or anything like that. It was it was literally stress. Like stress almost stress straight up almost killed me. Damn. So I mean, I know marriage is stressful, but goddamn, I mean, to, to the point where but it drives it a heart attack. I mean, here's the thing though, and you know, it wasn't just like marriage is stressful. Like our relationship was stressful and toxic. Like, as you always, you always Effective. You know, yeah, like y'all we always arguing about stuff. It's yeah, never... you know, we didn't we didn't have the best relationship on the face of the planet. And I'll say this: so I we got married young, like twenty two. That's very young. Yeah. Well, I mean, for some people, yeah. For some people, no. Some people get married, got married at like seventeen, eighteen years old, and been married sixty years. That was back in the day, though, huh? But, so I, mean, I feel like you know, it's kind of different generation, though. So, like, you is, don't get married that young anymore. You can kind of just, you know, it get is, married. But at the same time, 30s ish. I just noticed, like, hairs on this arm got shaved, and I ain't do it. All right, cool. All right, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's from the accident, real talk. I just got, like, patches. So, you up. have, like, a bruise on your arm, a bruise on your chest. I got, like, some bruising on my hands, some bruising on my left arm, like, some scratches and stuff, and, like, hair just missing. It's, like, very random. It, it, I'm sorry. So back to what I was saying. No, but yeah. But yeah. yeah. So toxic relationships. You know, our relationship was something that honestly was toxic from the start, but I tried to make work. Like, I should have known better. I put that on me. Uh, my ex later admitted to and apologized, saying that she never really felt the way I felt. You know, someone, uh, a close family member had advised her that because I was such a good man and this, that, and the other, that, you know, the chances of her finding someone else or someone better were low. But that's that old mentality. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's not the 50s. You know, the world is much bigger. 
So for me, I loved her. I wanted to be with her. For her, it was like he's a default option. And that's gonna that's gonna leave you messed up every single time. Yeah, I can see that. You know, because the, the there's no reciprocation and feelings and emotions and things like that. There's no you know there's there's no balance. And that that that's what I look at as importance. And balance doesn't mean fifty fifty. Balance just means that everyone plays a role. Mm-hmm. Like everyone plays a position. Like her positions were very her her perception of the relationship was very set in stone. Like she had expectations of what she expected me to do when I'm still trying to figure out who like I wanted to be married, like I wanted to be in a relationship. I wanted to figure out life and build with somebody. Her expectation was that I was making five grand a year off the dump. And I paid all the bills and took care of everything and she was just able to do what she was doing. What the hell? Right. But that was that was her she had these preconceived notions of like, you know, oh you're a husband you know, you have to do this, this, and this. And like, you take out the trash, and you do this, and you pay all the bills, and you do this. And I'm like, yo, we can't do it together. So basically, there's no communication of you doing your, your role and she doing her role. Like, right, 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 right. no clear indication. Okay, look, you know what? I'll do this. Like, I'll take out the trash. I'll cut the grass. And like, you do the dishes. You cook. Like, just like that conversation you guys never really had it. We didn't, cause it was like she she had expectations, and if I didn't live up to those expectations, then I failed, and then she would attack me for it, which is how the relationship became toxic, mm-hmm. because I would get, I would get verbally attacked, and she would attack my self worth, and she would attack my self confidence and who I was as a yeah. person, and she would do this in front of the kids. Uh, eventually got to that point once we had kids. Like, yeah. she did this pre-having pre kids. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was a pattern of behavior. I was a duck for letting it happen. Yeah. Because I stayed in... I should have left, like, a long time ago. But you love somebody. You're like, we're young, we're figuring it out, we're working it out. Like, Trying I had to all, work, yeah. Yeah, and I, that's, where I, that's where I fucked up. Mm-hmm. But she could have told me, like, day one, like, I don't really feel for you the way you feel for me. And that would have been that. Oh, easily. But that wasn't an indication, so... Right, right. It was, I love you too. Smiley face. Kind of. Like, but, you know... So, she got married because she liked the idea of marriage. Well... Versus the actual reality of... Yeah, yeah. It was, it was back when uh Put a Ring On It came out, too, so... Beyonce can go to hell. Uh, <laughs> Not Queen Bay. Yeah, like, I'm... Queen B. I'm, I'm just saying, though. All jokes aside, though. Like, yeah, like, she, she liked the idea of marriage, but she really wasn't ready for it because she had a ton of misconceived, like, misconceptions and preconceived notions, and that's fine. Like, if that's what you want, that's cool. That wasn't me, because, like, we were we were the same age. You know, our birthdays are, like, two weeks apart. So, for me, it was like, let's figure this out and build something together, and we have our whole life ahead of us to do these things and accomplish these things and this, that, and the other, and cool... Whereas for her, it was like, you need to do this and 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 don't expect me to do much else. And that's like what's about the problem where there is no accountability. Because you're not saying, you know what? No, Martin, I'm sorry. I didn't do this. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't do this. That's the problem with the whole situation where she no, it was it was a one sided thing because like I ended up my 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 personal self worth. And self-confidence and belief in who I was as a man became tied to her validation. And that's somebody with narcissistic behaviors and that's somebody who abuses people. And maybe, and I'm going to say this, 
she's not a bad person. But she she still had a lot to go through personally. And I don't necessarily blame her. She has faults in it, just like I have faults in it. Mm-hmm. And it just, it took me a really long time after our divorce to find myself again. Because my, my whole being had been tied to us being together, us having this family, and then it all failed. Yeah. And, you know, the, the toxicity of that relationship just created this environment where I no longer had personal self-worth. I no longer loved who I was because my validation was intrinsically tied into her mm-hmm. and her validating me. Right. And now that I no longer have the person that I tied my validation to, I had no way to validate myself. Like, I didn't know how anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, like, uh, uh, there's the analogy of a dried up well. That's what I was. I've been pouring out and pouring out and pouring out all of myself, and I never got any in return. That's and that's, that's when I say, you know, relationships need balance. It's not always going to be 50-50. It may be 80-20. It may be 90-10. It may be 99-1. But there's a balance in every relationship that is unique to that particular relationship. And if you are not able to find balance, if it's always one person giving unto another, that's toxic. Because eventually, they're going to leave that person a husk of who they were. And that's what happened to me. Like, she got her degree. She got a certification. She got two kids about me. And then I was left a husk of a person. And child support. You know, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, just just like emotionally and mentally speaking, like she got all of me because I would always encourage her. Oh, it's going to be all right. Just believe. Have faith. It's going to work out. God's going to make a way. Da, da, da. And eventually got to the point where I ain't believe those words anymore. Fake. Like I, I didn't I didn't like I no longer believe the things that were coming out of my mouth because I had been saying them for so long and I never saw a change. That's sad, man. And, you know, part of it's on me because I should have caught it sooner. I should have I should have realized, you know, before we had kids, before I went that far, I could have made a choice to do something different. But I loved her. Mm-hmm. I cared about her. I wanted to be with her. She has until this day has many qualities that I do look for and respect and admire. But she also has many qualities that I would never again deal with. Never again. And I don't, I don't even have a tolerance for it anymore. Like, like no tolerance at all. Mm-hmm. And it's because that well went dry. Like it, it went like per, like I'm talking about like suicide dry. Like I don't need to be here anymore. Like I don't want to be here anymore. Like why am I still here? Like swallowing a bottle of pills and throwing them up because yeah. like I, I have no more self worth. See that kind of thing it just worries me because I mean. That's some some serious shit. Like to get to the point where you are so like sad, you're so depressed. Like you you give it's me not you, even, you, you give me you give me so much, and it's like you get nothing back. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And it's like, damn, it's like I'm trying to show you that I, I love you, that even though what you're putting me through, I'm still here. I'm still trying to know make life better for us. And you keep on like just just stabbing, just keep so, pushing, so, and pushing, so, pushing. So, like damn, to the point like. Like, what am I doing here? Why? Why am I here? Like, why am I going through this? So shit? I'm gonna so I'm gonna say this, and 
it's not even it's not even a sad it's not even depressed it's, it, it, well, it's not sad but it's like the absence of and it's like so you, using the well analogy I think again a well has water in it that water is what makes that well worthwhile yeah you draw all the water out of that well it's not able to replenish itself that's a dead well that's what I became it was the absence of anything that made me feel like I mattered. No matter what anybody said, because here's the thing, toxic relationships, there's always normally, you know, there's always some level of codependence and there's always somebody, an abuser and somebody getting abused. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what the relationship looks like because if you look at me and my ex, I'm much bigger than she is. She's small, little petite chick. Like, you know, you, you, you say, if, you, if somebody said abuser and abuse, you would look at me and be like, he probably beating on her or something. Yeah. But nah, I'm not a violent person. Like, I'm a gangster if you push me. But other than that, <laughs> I've never seen that side of you. Like, like I've, nobody, I've like, never seen Very that. few people have ever seen me mad. That's because the last time I got mad, I bust the back of somebody's head open. Shit. And that was many, many, many years ago. Yeah, dude ran at me and I flipped him and threw him against the wall. Like, his, I bust the shit open. But it doesn't happen because I'm not a violent person. I don't believe in it. I don't like it because I'm not like it's it's not no like fighting fair shit. Nah, it's like I'm about to bust your shit to the white meat. Like right, burning mat. But that's what it is. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, jokes aside, that's what it is. Cause I, I'm not like no, I'm, I'm not. Oh, this is boxing. Fuck boxing. This in the street. Would you believe I've never been in a fight before? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You said it, you said it kind of fast. I don't yeah. like that. I don't like too much. Well, I mean, it's not your personality. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not. I've been I in just, like I, I can. Count the number of fights I've been in on one hand. Nah, I mean one. Like, and, and it's not even like it's like two fingers. Maybe three. I've, I've gotten close, but yeah. I close one time. But I don't know. I just try to avoid confrontation. That's it. I, I just do. It's like it's not confrontation uh, is not good for anybody when I'm involved. Because yeah. I'm not fighting to like knock you out. I'm fighting to like drag your bloody corpse somewhere, and that's that's what it is. Like that's my attitude towards it. Like I'm not about to sit. Oh, oh, you think this is gonna be over when you hit the ground? Nah, <laughs> I ain't done yet. Nah, bring that ass here. Uh, so, but that's that's the I that's the you. reality of it. That's why I don't like fighting because I know how I get. Like me getting angry, shit gets destroyed. Like I am literally, like if you get me to the point where I'm angry, it's now nuclear option. It's now this whole motherfucker can burn. Like New Orleans will no longer be in the map. I see. I can't see New York. See, for me, like when I play like two K or Madden, bruh, I probably you broke, get drove. I probably broke a, a couple of uh, remote controls, and I put that on one hand. I probably broke about five because I guess I got mad because the game be cheap. Yeah, y'all, y'all know about that two K and Madden be doing kind of legal shit. Boy, <laughs> that would be hot. Uh, yeah, you used to get high when we played. Oh, I would. Brush to be competitive. Like that yeah, should drive up the but, wall. And that, that's what I don't, I don't need that stress. Yeah, that's good. I don't need that stress. Like it's not, it's not good for me. It's not. But just to say that, I give you props for actually going back there because I don't know if I would be able to go back. If it was me. I was, on your, I was in your position. I probably was kind of scared to go back and then be emotional. Just the fact that damn, like my life could end it right here. But you know, it's to say the fact that I'm glad you are still here. Yeah, that, no, you're, that you're still alive. That you're here. Like you know, you ain't you ain't done yet. Yeah. You got a long way to go. I see your kids graduate from high school, college. They get married. Have kids of their own. I, uh-huh. I get to be popo. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's the thing. Like, with me going back, and for it, like you said, it, honestly, it wasn't easy. But, 
like, so I got out the hospital at like three something. I, I wasn't like about two something, three o'clock. I finally got home, and then like I wasn't able to get to sleep till like five something. And like I only slept for like three, four hours. Like I really ain't get to sleep long. Mm-hmm. And for me, it ate me up all day because when I when I was about to hit the pole, the the column. Like, there was a sense of peace that washed over me. Because, like, the stress and the frustration and the hurt and the pain and everything I experienced over the last, you know, 10, 12, 13 years was going to be gone. But I'd have been gone, too. That's how I felt in that moment. Because I was like, nobody got hurt. Right. It's just me. And if I was no longer here, I wouldn't be in pain anymore. Because, like, the biggest thing for me, like I said earlier, my one of my biggest things ever in life, like, one of the, the one thing I always wanted to be was a father. Like, I didn't have my dad in my life a lot when I was real young. So, I always wanted to be a dad and be a good dad. And I do my best to do that. And for me, there's still a lot of pain associated with a lot of that. Like, internally, like, there's there's feelings and there's hurt and there's lies that were told and there there was there was things that happened that I still deal with on a daily weekly monthly life basis mm-hmm. because when you give literally your all to somebody up into and almost including your life and you get nothing but heartache and heartbreak from it you have to figure out how to continue on and it took me a long time to do that and it's a daily thing for me. And I will say in that moment, when I thought it could be coming to an end, I felt a peace about it because I wouldn't hurt anymore. Yeah. And that's tough. Man. You know, I say that because, you know, there was recently someone in the news, a uh, transgender actor, actress, you know, you know, someone that was a reference in Dave Chappelle's recent thing, recent Netflix special, who committed suicide. And it's like, being in that situation, like, it wasn't me actively trying to kill myself. No, it was a freak accident. It was a freak accident. But at the same time, in that moment where I was no longer thinking about everybody else, I was thinking about myself, and I'm like, I won't feel pain anymore. And that's... That's the deepest understanding I could have of someone taking their own life. Like, you have to be in such pain that you need an escape from it because you don't know how to get away from it alive. And in that moment, I understood that. Damn. And it's, you know, it's it's something that just put a lot of things into perspective for me and I mean, it's tough, man. It's just... It's definitely eye-opening, for sure. I mean, you know, you definitely now have a awareness of your everyday life, that you're grateful, that you wake up every day, that you go to work, you know, call your kids, say, you know, kids, I love you, you know, I'm always here for you. Just think that in one given second, like, that's all gone. It was going to be all gone. Like, their dad grew up without a father, you know, just... I can do this podcast without you, <laughs> you yeah. know. What I'm saying, just that's a lot, man. But like I said, I'm just grateful that you are you 
you didn't die. You I mean you got hurt, but I mean nothing drastic. You know, you're right, not paralyzed. Right, you're right. not, you know, you're not I'm not disfigured like, or nothing. You know, right? You're not like, a life supporter like that. I mean, you just I still look good. You hear me? Oh, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, no. Look, I am. I am. It put a lot of things in perspective, and That's I am. I am internally grateful, you know, that I was given the opportunity to see another day and that I have the opportunity to continue to try to make things right and do things that, you know, can impact somebody else's life. Absolutely. Yeah. So. And to kind of brighten up your day a little bit, we, yeah. uh, we saw uh, Joker today. Yes. And that was, uh, that was quite a, a move. So, yeah, from one mentally traumatizing <laughs> thing to someone who's mentally traumatized. <laughs> but I will say this. Not 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 looking at it in the scope of DC movies, just looking at it as a film that featured a character that I was familiar with, that I grew up with. Probably one of the dopest films I've seen in a long time. So let's backtrack for a second. So when you first got the news that Joaquin Phoenix would be the Joker, did you approve of that? Oh, 100%. He's a beast. See, he's a, he's it's you know he's such a great actor. Like you know why I was down with it? What Gladiator? See that's a thing. He I made me see. I was like him. Oh, I couldn't stand uh, but, Thomas. Oh my god! And what was crazy? Spoiler: the fact that he killed his dad in Gladiator and killed his mom in Joker. I'm like this bitch is because he killed his parents. But here's the thing though: if I knew he could make me feel that way from Gladiator, and I was like. What almost two decades ago? Right. Oh, I'm he could be the yeah, like he was just it's two different characters that like But he gets the, into in, in Gladiator he was like so like kind of privileged, he's supposed to be yeah. the king, you know, but then this one is like he's he wants to be But there's like been, there's there's other movies he, in between. Yeah. But you know, just that particular character, like I knew he was gonna take that character and do something with it that I feel like we haven't seen before. Like, don't get me wrong. Heath Ledger's Joker is still to me the best Joker of all time. Jack Nicholson is second. I agree with that. You know, and then everybody else falls where they fall. Uh, Jared uh, Leto, I, I don't care from that. Much. I mean, I mean, he was, it a, was like it a was, gangster Joker, but I, 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 I looked at I looked at Jared Leto's Joker almost similar to like the the animated series Joker. And, he, you know, I, one, I feel like that they said there was a lot more footage shot that we didn't get yeah, to see. Yeah, he didn't see that. Right, so, right. you know, I felt like I felt like there was just as like I liked this Joker. I, I felt like there was just aspects of it that we didn't get. You didn't get any depth behind it. Like Heath Ledger's Joker, you didn't get like the behind the character. But at the same time, there was just so much depth to it because he took up so much of the movie. He did. And the fact that he got so much into that role, like he took yeah. the time. Like even I think he said in the interview that he... Um, was isolated in this hotel room just huh. trying to get into that character mode. Right. It was like that was that was pretty dope and but, I mean he died. I mean he but, died, yeah, but just but he almost earned the he didn't earn the Oscar thing for that. Yeah. yeah. So it was like You know, I'll I'll say this though. Heath Ledger's Joker is 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 berated and talk crap on, but it is still a very good portrayal of Joker. It's not what people are used to. It's it's a more contemporary portrayal of a character that had a lot of great historical elements in it. Mm-hmm. The the Harley Quinn going into Ace Chemicals. 
the 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 tattoos were something that is very relevant to the day. And if someone was in that position versus someone twenty or thirty years ago, mm-hmm. you you see the difference. Yeah. His affinity for knives and the way he laid things out, you could see there was there was an insanity there, and he brought that to the character. And he, I did yeah. like that. I, I, I did like that because I just you know it's one of those things where like I felt like if he would have got more shine, it would have been better. But he didn't because the movie wasn't about him. It's more about the whole Suicide Squad. Exactly. Yeah. Like I felt like if we'd have got a bad a Batman movie where he murdered Jason Todd, thought oh, that would have been fire. Like he would have. They didn't do that. That'd be kind of good. They not gonna happen. I don't think. Yeah. No. We'll say that for later. But so, Joker was dope. It was. It was not. Some of the things to me were predictable. Uh, so I'm gonna say this. Spoiler alert! Like a month. I mean, the whole, whole not, month has been out. So if, it, it, like, if you still haven't seen it yet. That's cool. We just saw it, so we're gonna give spoilers because it has been out for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna tell you right now. Never in my mind did I ever think him and Zazie Beats was getting it. Hell oh, no, black girl. Man, I thought I was gonna no, I was gonna did not tell you. I was he like, did. it's all in his head. Like literally, they said that. I was like, man, he, he just savage. He just bumped to no, her, kissed no, her, no. whatnot. Imagination, just my imagination. And then you saw the little clips of like you know, him being there with her, but then she vanished. So it was like, wow, like that was. It was all in his head because he's crazy. And that's what I like about this movie: the fact that we kind of saw the backstory, well, back, right. the background of Joker's mental health, because you can see that there's something that was really wrong with him. And right. like all that like, Joker carried was the, the TV show, the animated show, and the movie. You knew something wasn't right with right. his head. So the fact that you kind of give a backstory of his whole mental health, like thing. a real life backstory. Yeah, uh-huh. so I thought that was pretty cool. And the fact that you know he killed people and like he had no remorse, like, he would just like laugh about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, but that's the thing. Like it, it showed him diving into and becoming the Joker. Like from him asking Robert De Niro's character to call him the Joker because he named him that. Mm-hmm. Look at this Joker. Call me the Joker. That's what you call me. I want you to introduce me as such. Yeah, yeah. From the way he acted and the way he behaved and how he dressed, the green hair, the face paint. You know, not aligning with the political aspect of the statement that he made, but still encouraging the chaos that was created from it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you saw, like, literally the depth of who that character was and what he was and what he was becoming. Mm, I, I definitely agree with that. Just, and the fact that he went so into depth of... You know, getting skinny and just like the, the fact how he did laugh a certain way, just right. because he would be like sad, but then he would laugh about it because was kind of this whole thing where he had to laugh to go through the pain. So, well, like, no, no, it, not it, even it, that. It was, it was like a, they they said it was a medical condition. Yeah, it was opposed to medical, but man, he played that part. Like he really he, he impressed me. Man. Like, I ain't gonna lie, I was like, man, this dude deserves an Oscar. He really does. Well, hey, you know, here's the thing about it. So, you know, it was. It was someone who descended into a very dark place for a number of reasons. And this even goes back to toxic relationships. So, like, his mother was a toxic codependent relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it just was what it was. Like, she lied to him. She told him different things. What You know, it came out that he was adopted, which you don't re- ever really get, like, how I would say real life confirmation one way or another. Because nobody's like, oh, you were adopted. Yeah, it's kind of hard because they somebody. said like cause in a, the trippiest part for me was they were like Thomas Wayne is your father, so you got stuff pointing to his mother and Thomas Wayne having like an affair, 
and other stuff pointing to she was crazy and made it all up. And then it, it looks like, you know, it could have been maybe he covered up the affair. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to pair. She said he had her sign some papers, not disclosure yet. Exactly. You know, you can't talk about it fake, you know. Thomas Wayne ain't billionaire. Like, he got bread. So, he could have fabricated documents and this, that, and other to make her look crazy. Mm-hmm. So, you, you just, you don't have an answer one way or another. I will say, though, the idea of the Joker being Bruce Wayne's older brother. That drove me crazy. I'm like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that Bruce Wayne and the Joker are related but that 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 explains, like you know, I, th- I felt like one question Batman fans are: What's the Joker's deal? What's his obsession with Batman? If you, if I were to sit there and say, the Joker's actually bro- Batman's older brother, and he knows that, mm-hmm. and he knows Bruce Wayne is Batman, and that explains his obsession because the Joker was the castaway, the one that was cast off. Bruce Wayne was the one that got it all, and that's why he's obsessed with man. That adds such a layer and dynamic to that is so dope. I feel like I can't remember what, what, what movie it was, but I feel like it was a, a part where I think it was Batman and the Killing Red Joke, where he had a conversation with Joker and it was like, "How's this going to end? Like, where are we going from here?" Because it seemed like the Joker and oh, and the, were, kill, and the Killing Joke, they yeah. always go back and forth trying to figure out like, "Why are we doing this?" And the Joker was like, "You know." Like I need you, like in a way, like you know, right? You know what I'm saying it's like, like, but why though? Yeah, exactly. But like, yeah. but like, why? And then that's your big brother. That's why. Mm-hmm. Oh, that explains a lot. That it really did. And then of course, you no, know, the end we like think, wait a minute. So I thought that the Joker killed his his parents, mm-hmm. but in this movie, it was his I guess some random person in a clown outfit. Well, it so, was someone else that, that was inspired by the Joker. Yeah. So you can say by extension, the Joker did kill him. It was someone that was inspired by him. And, you know, even if, even if, you know, it's just one of those things. Because, like, obviously, Joaquin Phoenix's character, the, the Joker, Arthur Fleck in the movie, he's not young by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Well, in the uh, other Batman, 1989 version with Michael Keaton and uh, Jack Nicholson, he was referred as Jack. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so which which is the right story? But I'll say this. That that Joker, you never really got back Joker's backstory until you had the Killing Joke comic come out. You had the movie. You like Joker's backstory, who he is, where he comes from, has always been this like highly debated, like nobody knows hundred percent for sure. And now that we have the story coming out creating this kind of timeline of who the Joker is, it's just one of those things that's like, man. Yes, I forgot about that too. Like in the whole situation where he falls and asks it in the uh, in the chemical plant, yeah. But this Joker was just—he was just crazy, right? But here's the thing: that may still happen because that wasn't until he was dealing with Batman. So let's say Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, maybe you know he's not old. Maybe he's in his thirties, right? Mm-hmm. Just looks like crap. Tough life. He, means, he smokes a lot too, so that's probably what he's yeah. Bags on his eyes. So you know, hey, he's thirty. Bruce Wayne is like 9, 10, 11, something like that. Mm-hmm. He's a kid. You know, you fast forward a decade, Bruce Wayne's, you know, Batman now, or becoming Batman at that point. Yeah. You know, Joker's, you know, in his 40s at this point. He's older, wiser, crazy as shit. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he falls into the Ace Chemical plant. 
I mean, like, it's one of those natural progressions of things that can happen. Gotcha. Or maybe it is somebody else that follow that follows the Joker. You never know. But I just think if I was going to set up a universe that was about Batman, but I didn't want it to be conventional, this is a great way to do it. Nah. But so do you see a possibility of a Joker 2? Nah. I mean, honestly, though, this is a one-off. Yeah. This is like you make this movie without the intention of making another one. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it. You know, they, they compared it to movies like Taxi Driver and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, with Robert, well, I think it was Robert De Niro from back in the day. So, you know, it's just one of those one off movies. You'll never see a sequel to it. You'll never see anything like that. It, it, it may never even tie into another movie. But if it tied into this new Batman thing, that'd been so dope. But suppose it's not supposed to happen. Yeah, so I mean, this new Batman is going to be a very unique. It's not going to be like the superhero take. Mm-hmm. It's going to be more detective focused. So, man, it, look. Yeah. All I know. Where is, is a Batman Beyond movie, man? Said, bro. That's uh, what I'm. I'm so tired of uh, through Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, uh, Christian Bale. Uh, Ben, ben Affleck, Affleck. Nah, now we're our past. Come on, man. Like we, where's the Batman Beyond movie, man? Put fucking Michael Keaton as as Bruce Wayne, and then I don't know whose name. Uh, Robert Pattinson. He be Terry McGinnis's character. Yeah. Uh, Shit, yeah. man. So sick of uh, mm. Batman Beyond. They're gonna beat Batman to death. Uh, just because they can. They they're trying to get the franchise right. You know they're trying to they're trying to because you got you had this whole DC extended universe now that shots of shit. I think they rushed everything. Oh no, absolutely. And the fact absolutely. that they had so they had the whole so Superman first and then they had uh, I think Wonder Woman after that was it? Yeah. No, no wait no it was Bat the Superman first then Batman vs Superman and then Wonder Woman came right. Out. And they kind of they just forced everything and they, they forced the Flash and hey uh, Aaron Aquaman. Taylor Johnson as Terry McGinnis. Who's that? The dude that played the uh, played Kick Ass in the Flash. You see a picture? Uh, trying to figure this out, trying to have our own imagination here. Terry McGinnis. Uh, he got the bill for it. Like he was in Godzilla, the first, the newer Godzilla movies. Okay, I guess. he played he he played uh, Quicksilver in Avengers. Oh, your boy. Yeah. Okay, you know what? I, I, I can see that. I can with that. But just our imagination. This one happen. Just our imagination. Yeah, nah, that's real. Cause uh, we we won't get a Batman Beyond movie. If we the day I like, I'll probably be old as shit when we get a Batman Beyond movie, and it'll be for my kids because that technology is out now. Yeah, I mean that technology to do it now and do CGI and all that. I mean it can be done. Just right. I don't know, bro. I just it's unfortunate. But I mean. I, I'm a little reserved about Robert Pattinson being Batman, but I'll just wait till it comes out. Who's coming out in 2021, supposedly? Right. So, until then, I'll just sit back and wait, and I'll give, I'll give it a chance. I mean, I like Ben Affleck at first, and then he, he surprised me. He really did a good job of that character. Mm-hmm. So, I'll just... Uh, I'll wait. So, how... Yeah, you know, here's the thing. We're going to get this kind of procedural... Kind of detective noir story of Batman that's going to be very dark. I mean, you got, let's see, Paul Dono, which if you don't know him, he was in Prisoner. He was in There Will Be Blood, uh, 12 Years a Slave. Like, oh, he, really, yeah. he, he's played in a bunch of movies and had a lot of featured roles and, you know, 
supporting roles. And so he's been in a ton of. He's gonna be the Riddler. You got Zoe Kravitz. Lord Jesus. She's gonna be Selena Kyle, and I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm all for that. They were talking about possibly Rihanna as Poison Ivy. Yes, Lord, Poison. Ivy. And then uh, they were they were looking. I die for her. <sighs> I, I, but I'm gonna tell you right now, I think about it real hard for like 12 seconds. But uh, <laughs> uh, so you know, it's it's gonna be kind of like a big time cast. And Robert Pattinson, they were talking about Jeffrey Wright, which if you don't know Jeffrey Wright, he's literally been in everything and played every person of color ever, everywhere. Has Joe Hill been officially cast as Penguin? Is that Joe Hill's out. Oh, he's out. He's out, okay. 100%. They're, he would have been a good Penguin. He would have been a dope Penguin, but he's out. Uh, I think I think he was kind of upset about the casting potentially being leaked, and he jumped out at it. They oh, were talking oh, about oh, Seth oh. Rogen. Seth Rogen said he's not interested. Jeffrey Wright yeah, isn't concerned, yeah, yeah. isn't confirmed to be Commissioner Gordon, which that would have been dope. Uh, and you know that's the thing. Like there's there's a lot of speculation. All we know right now is Zoe Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman, Selena Kyle, Paul Dano is the Riddler, which he'll be dope as a Riddler. Uh, the character he he has that nasally nerdy. I might kill you and eat your liver. Look, mm. so it's gonna be dope. I think Pat Pattinson Pat Fleck. Uh, Patman? No, uh, 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 Battinson? Yes, that's what's Battinson. Battinson, yeah. Oh my God. Robert Battinson. He's uh, been a game by 100 pounds. Well, no, he he did start working out. Like, here's the thing. He's not going to be like, he's not going to be Batfleck. He's not going to be yeah, a super swole yeah, Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be younger. He's going to be, it's going to be darker, a little grittier. A lot oh, of stuff. So, I don't know, man. Just I mean, here's the thing. I don't know. You didn't like Batfleck? And I he, did and not. He, he, he surprised you. He did. So. Because, I guess because we've never seen that Batman before. No, we didn't. We've never seen a Dark Knight version right, of Batman. Right, exactly. Yeah, he's, mm-hmm, he's, uh, so this one, uh, I don't know, man. Just, like I said, I'll be patient, I'll wait, and then when it comes out, we'll talk about that, obviously, and, yeah. We'll see what happens, but, you know, it's just one of those things. So, first and foremost, to everybody out there that does listen to us, every time we put out an episode... I want to say thank y'all. I appreciate y'all. You know, we. I, I, I'm speaking from my personal okay, heart. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm, go you ahead. Know, okay. Don't mind know. me. Don't mind me. Go ahead. Because I, I could possibly not be not have been here right now, That's and I, I appreciate that. For, you know, every time, you know, it, it's we don't do this for likes or clicks or listens or anything like like we don't make any money off of this. Uh, we do it because we love to. We enjoy. We enjoy hanging out and talking about stuff that matters to us. Mm-hmm. And for me to have the ability to be here after going through everything I've gone through this week, uh, you know, turning thirty three, the car accident, you know, just trying to recover at this point and feel better. You know, I, I personally, I know, I know Marlon and I do, but I personally appreciate everything. Uh, I appreciate the comments and the support and the listens and likes and follows and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, just. Just for no reason that other, you know, there's someone out there that cares about what you have to say and who you are as a person. I 100% agree. Like, I mean, this whole thing was an idea and the fact that this became a reality and that people actually take the time to listen to, listen to us. I mean, that's... For like an hour. Oh, like 
our episodes be like an hour long. Well, we're trying to cut back on that, but talk about it, uh, 45, 50 minutes, 55 minutes. Like, like the last couple episodes been an hour. Yeah, solid. But we had a good conversation, so that's, that's, that's what yeah. happened. We had a good conversation. They just they just drag on. They roll. So, but we appreciate everybody listening. Like we really truly appreciate. It. We love it. We love feedback, comments, reviews, all that good stuff. I mean, we want to get better. I mean, we were just two guys having conversations that you know you want to talk about. We'll talk about it no matter what. So. Absolutely. So, uh, thank you, everyone. We appreciate it. It's your boy, Martin. And it's Marlon. And this is another episode of Daily Dollar Short. Peace. Peace.